ladies and gentlemen. Only the best internet radio station in the world. Oh, yeah. No, the universe. Dakota iRadio Network. Backed by popular demand. Woo! Now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. I'm your DJ. DJ Barbecue. It's done over 400 events. Oh, yeah! Five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands in the air. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! This is Uncut Live, and I'm DJ Barbecue. Powered by KBAC.Rocks. Rock radio the way rock radio should be. Midwest All Pro Wrestling. Go to MidwestAllProWrestling.com. Get tickets and feel the excitement. Jekyll and Hyde Barbecue. Our brothers from another mother. They make barbecue so good. Mm-hmm. They'll put a smile on your face. And Remedy Brewing Company. It's the remedy for what ails you. Now, start the show. He is the man of the hour. Chris, thank you for calling in. DJ Barbecue. What a name, by the way. Uh, thank thank you. you so much for having me on the show. Thank you. I, uh, I completely appreciate it. I should be thanking you very much for giving me the honor to have you on the show. Um, you're, you're the teacher. I'm the student, like I said, off, off camera. Um, man, what have you been up to? Uh, just kind of tell the viewers and listeners if they don't know, I mean, you have enough viewers that everybody should know what you, what you're up to. But, uh, like I said, uh, it's, it's an extreme honor and yes, I am nervous. (laughs) Well, it's very kind. Uh, thank you. And, uh, you know, if anybody, uh, you know, maybe does know me or doesn't know me, I'm basically, uh, I'm the guy uh, who's a massive wrestling fan, just like anybody who's listening to this. And uh, I, I've interviewed, you know, a lot of uh, your favorite wrestlers. And uh, I have a YouTube channel, which uh, I have conveniently and very originally named Chris Van Vliet after me. And, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've uh, spent the last bunch of years having, like, these long-form conversations with wrestlers. And, uh, man, it's... It's been really fun. This last year has been especially fun. I've uh, I've sat down with uh, some people you probably heard of. I've sat down with uh, John Cena and The Rock, Cody Rhodes, The Young Bucks, Tony Khan, um, Billy Gunn. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. And uh, now I'm sitting down. I'm sitting right now, DJ Barbecue, sitting down talking with you. Yes, uh, man, you you've interviewed basically the all the be all in professional wrestling. I mean. From, you know, the big leagues to the mid-card leagues to, uh, you know, everybody. Um, what, and, I, and I, I know it because I've, you know, watched your YouTube shows um, and uh, kept up with that. Because, I mean, they're, they're great. They're wonderful. Um, and I recommend everybody watch them. Uh, you can go on YouTube and find it at the Chris Van Vliet Show. He also is on uh, podcasts now. And you're on basically every platform. Am I correct? Yeah, so at wherever you're listening to this, you can probably find the Chris Van Vliet show. So, you know, and I kind of realized that not everybody wanted to sit there and keep YouTube open the entire time. Like some of my interviews are like an hour long. So I uh, started 
making the audio version available on my podcast with a couple of little tidbits of information, little nuggets of in, extra information added in there. So the Chris Van Vliet show is uh, where you can find that one. Right on. So, I mean, where did you start? What was your, like, your your era, your generation? What's your age when you started watching professional wrestling? So my first memory is, like, going to my grandfather's house, like, four or five years old. and So that would have been, like, the late 80s. And it's uh, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, of course, Hulk Hogan, you know, all the Sergeant Slot, all the big, you know, the larger-than-life characters. Um, but uh, my parents did not like wrestling like at all so wrestling was only watched kind of maybe by accident when we went to uh, my grandparents house uh and then as i kind of got a little bit older i was on the high school wrestling team and you know when you're on a, an amateur wrestling team you are not supposed to watch pro wrestling because that stuff's quote unquote fake and uh right. what you're doing on the mat is you know real so once again it was like wrestling was like shunned out of my life but i had some friends in high school who were like super hardcore dedicated fans and we're talking like 97 98 like the real like genesis of the attitude era and i got hooked and like hooked in a bad way like where i watched everything i watched raw on monday i would switch back between raw and nitro and then raw would repeat on tuesday afternoon i'd watch that again i'd watch thunder and ecw i watched shotgun and metal and heat i watched everything and i would tape it on vhs and watch it even you know more so i i was hardcore into wwe and hardcore wwf at the time hardcore to wrestling i wanted to be a pro wrestler that was my dream i was in a backyard wrestling federation when i was 16 17 years old like i was i was all in on it i even went to wrestling school uh, you know a couple years later with the dream the goal that I was going to be a pro wrestler. And uh, I was chasing after that dream while also going to college. I was going to college for communication studies. And at the end of the day, you, you can't really do wrestling half-assed. In fact, no. you can't do anything and anything you want to be passionate about. You know, you really can't do half-assed if you want to be great at something. So I went to wrestling school um, in the summer between my freshman year and my sophomore year of college okay. and it was just it was a lot so i was driving an hour each way to uh, go to go to wrestling school and when school started back up i'm like well how am i gonna go to wrestling school which is an hour each way of driving and then two three four hours of training and also balance everything that's going on at college which is you know, going to classes writing papers also you know living the college life and it was like something had to give and i'm like wrestling school is always going to be there i can't let my college degree just kind of slip away so right i put all my i put all my focus into my um you know my uh, college degree which turned into my broadcasting uh, career and you know kind of was able to uh have the best of both worlds have this broadcasting career where i was still a wrestling fan was able to kind of dip my feet into the wrestling world and be a ring announcer or an interviewer here and there, but still have my feet firmly planted in the broadcasting world. And that's kind of how it all started. You know, and this background in broadcasting has kind of opened up a lot of doors for me and it's, you know, it's been super helpful. Right. You know, uh, you said that you, your parents didn't like professional wrestling at all. I, I was the same way. My dad, my mom, 
I would mention it. Ah, I don't want to watch that fake stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Dad, you know, they, they actually have to do the moves and they land and it's boards. And, you know, they didn't know. They thought that it's just, you know, sponges and, you know, springs and all that. And I'm like, well, later on, you know, I kind of showed them and they're like, oh, wow. You know, God rest my dad's soul. He's he's passed away now. But, yeah, they, they were completely against it. Um, I, I just thought of something. I had the name of, um, of Vega. And it's kind of weird that there's now Selena Vega in the WWE. But when I watched, I would go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would go back and forth uh, and watch WCW and WWF all the time. I would watch, you know, Raw and, and Nitro. Uh, what was your kid name that you, you like, you know, called yourself when you were, you know, watching the show and you were, <laughs> maybe you didn't do what I did. You know, I, I'm, I'm outing myself a little bit here. Yeah, I dressed up, you know, I try to find some uh, um, sports spandex uh, um, shorts that I had for football. And then, you know, I was walking around saying I was, you know, Vega and I had this, you know, hand gesture and all this other stuff. But what was, did you do anything <laughs> like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I was a backyard wrestler. I wasn't wrestling under the terrible ring name of Chris Van Vliet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was, <laughs> a terrible ring name that would be. Uh, it's very um, marketable from what I've noticed. <laughs> well, if, if you, once you learn how to say it, it's fine. But uh, I've heard it all, you know, Van's. Van Vliet, Van Vliet, Van Violet, Van Fliet. I've heard it all. So um, I was Chris Sharp was my wrestling name. Nice. Because I was sharp, sharp walking, sharp talking, sharp dressing. Uh, I was, I was like very heavily influenced by like Triple H. And I was like, because he was, you know, this was 2000 and 2001. Triple H was like a mega heel at the time. And right. so was Chris Sharp. And, and Chris Sharp didn't care what you uh, had to say about him and, he was just this badass heel. So that was that was uh, my persona and gimmick in backyard wrestling. And when you're in high school, you're like, you know, I feel like it, whatever you're doing in your other parts of your life leads into what you're doing when you show up at school. So, like, I felt like uh, I was also Chris Sharp when I was at school. Like, a lot of my friends would call me Sharp or the Sharpness. Um <laughs> In nice. fact, I still have some I still have some high school friends that when I see them, they're like, "Yo, Sharp, what's going on, man?" Nice. And it's funny that it's funny that that you know here we are 15 years later, and that's that's still a thing. So, look, I think that you can't watch wrestling. This is the great thing about pro wrestling. You can't watch wrestling and not have some of that bleed into your life in some sort of way. I mean, we've all you know we've all given uh, our, our a friend or our nephew or cousin or whatever a power bomb into a pool or a rock bottom or a stunner on a trampoline. Like it bleeds into our life, you know, and that's, that's one of the really awesome things about pro wrestling is uh, larger than life characters. They're like superheroes to us. They're real right. life superheroes. I, uh, I used to, I had, I'm 11 years older than the next sibling. So like, then it's uh, my sister, Emma, uh, my sister Michelle. So then I'm 12 years older than her, or 13 years older, whatever the half years. I'm not good at math right now. But then I'm like 14 <laughs> years older than my my little brother. And I remember them as a kids, and I'd babysit. Mom and Dad still don't know this to this day. And you know, Dad's up in heaven, so he can hear everything. You know, God rest his soul. But uh, my sisters and my brother would just laugh hysterically. I wouldn't like you know give him the rock bottom like really hard. It would just be a slow little you know rock bottom on the bed. And they yeah. would just giggle their rear ends off, and they thought it was so funny. And later on, I find out that my little sister Michelle got the professional wrestling um, bug, 
because, uh, you know, dad and mom would never let him, you know, watch it. But, you know, now she watches it. She watches it with her husband and watches it with my, my nephew. He's only like five months old now, but a little Wyatt. But, yeah, uh, she reminded <laughs> me of that just uh, yesterday, and I thought that was really cool. So, like, yeah, you know, I was it, – it's – yeah, you get bit by the bug, and it's amazing how that just bleeds in life. You know, I have – yeah. You've probably seen it through your college, your high school. You know, even now, you see other athletes. Um, you know, they did that documentary, uh, and you probably seen it that it was on ESPN, uh, you know, the 30 for 30. And you got football players, yeah, you know, doing the, the give me two claps and a Ric Flair, you know. And so, <laughs> man, um, how was it like when you were first doing your first interview for your first uh, professional wrestler? I mean, I, I know, but I'd rather have you tell. Who was your first one that you ever interviewed? So, you know, for me to kind of set this up a little bit, like it, I, I always wanted to have like some part in pro wrestling, but, you know, I think that the dream, uh, you know, kind of shifted to like something that made a little bit more sense, which was broadcasting, which is, has all the elements of pro wrestling. I get to, you know, perform as the cameras are there. There's a small little tiny little bit of uh, recognition that you get from, you know, your peers and the viewers. So, I got into, when I graduated from college, I got into television. I worked as a local news reporter. And then after I was a local news reporter for uh, about a year and a half, I got a job hosting this show on MTV2 Canada, MTV2 Canada in um, Vancouver. So this is like, I think like TRL, but like the Canadian version of TRL. So this is, this is an awesome show where we interviewed uh, celebrities and musicians and we had video games that we played on the show. It was awesome. And then when I found that I found out WWE was coming to town, I did like everything in my power to be like, I want to do an interview with a WWE superstar. Right. And uh, so I reached out to you know the the publicist or the PR people at WWE, and I got basically routed to the right person. It was like, okay, yep, yeah, we're we're making appearances on this day to promote you know, this particular show. Um, it was it was an ECW. Smackdown like combo show and they gave me the ECW champion at the time. This is 2007. So the ECW champion at the time, which was Bobby Lashley. And oh, like, wow. man, I was, I was super excited about the interview and like thought I was playing it cool. And when I like think back about it and especially watch it, I, re I recently posted it on my uh, YouTube in the summer. And it's like, this is so bad. Like, it was just so I was such a I was just such a geek. It was like nerding out and marking out for like the fact that I was like having this conversation with Bobby Lashley. So a far cry if you if you've you know seen any of my interviews recently. This is a far cry from the interviews that I do now, where like it's long form, it's just a conversation. This was basically like I ask a question, he answers. I ask another question, he answers. Um, <clears throat> but it was super exciting, and I actually I tweeted that out. And um, I tweeted out recently that I'm like, oh, my, this is my first ever interview with Bobby Lashley. And then Bobby Lashley was like, we should do another one. I'm like, yeah, yes, we should. Right. So I'm hoping that we can set this up and make this happen. But Bobby Lashley was the first one. <clears throat> and, you know, I think I had uh, I did, did Ken Kennedy uh, a little bit after that or Mr. Kennedy. I did uh, Ted DiBiase Jr., uh, kind of like sporadically, like one, you know, here and there when, when they had movies that were coming out. Um, and then when I, I got a job in Cleveland as an entertainment reporter for the CBS affiliate in Cleveland, and 
whenever Raw or SmackDown or even Ring of Honor or TNA was coming to town, I was like, come into the studio. I will do an interview with you live on TV. And then I'm like, but the caveat is I also want to do it like a longer form interview. Like, you know, you're doing it on TV like one minute or something like that. So I'm like, right. I want to do a longer interview with you like as a fan where I ask you questions that I like legitimately want to know the answer to as a fan. And I think that it was like, are you familiar with Ariel Hawani in mixed martial arts? Um, that name sounds familiar. I might not be uh, actually familiar with the stuff that um, that, it, but I'm, I know the name. The name is clicking in my head. I'm better at seeing uh, faces and pictures uh, than actually just remembering names. I know it sounds really bad, uh, but no, uh, I, I know I, what you're. I know what you're I talking totally about. I know what you're talking about. So basically, Ariel Hawani was like this MMA journalist, MMA reporter. He was doing these like long interviews with these UFC fighters. And like they were just like unscripted, off the cuff. And I'm like, I want to, like, if I have the access and the ability to do that, you know, with wrestlers, I want to start doing that. So I started doing this kind of just because like I was like interested in having these conversations with wrestlers and asking them questions I wanted to know the answers to. Right. And then I'm like, well, someone, someone else must care about these at least a little bit so i started throwing them up on my youtube channel just so they had a place to live like maybe five other wrestling fans would enjoy them and i thought cool you know five other people are appreciating this like i am and i was doing that you know here and there um with the odd interview and then i did this interview with the miz and it was right after cm punk had done the pipe bomb oh, okay and i asked him about that and i put it up on my youtube channel didn't think anything of it woke up the next day and that interview had 6,000 views. And oh, I had wow. like, I had like 50 followers and it's like 50 subscribers at a time. And I'm like, Oh my God, like what, what happened? And I realized that it got picked up on a couple of the dirt sheets oh. because what he was saying was newsworthy. He was saying that CM Punk's pipe bomb was the most exciting thing to happen to wrestling, the attitude era. And I was like, yeah, well, I mean that, I guess that is pretty newsworthy. Went to bed that night, woke up the next morning and had 36,000 views so i went from you know zero to six thousand in a day and then thirty six thousand the next day and i'm like i think i'm on to something here and i didn't really didn't really put you know the wheels into motion but i just kind of thought like next time a wrestler comes to town i'm gonna like really go out of my way even more so to do these interviews and that's kind of when it all started 2011 so i've been doing you know these interviews on my youtube channel for eight and a half years i've been fortunate to be in broadcasting for 15 years and you know at the end of the day it just it comes down to like i wanted to do something for a living that i was like excited by you know right. i wanted to do something for a living that like got me excited to get out of bed I, I had this i had this epiphany in my senior year of college i woke up one day and like when you're in college like you know your main your main concerns are do i feel like going to class today and like often the answer is no, I don't. I'll just sleep in. And the second thing's like, where are me and my friends going to go have a beer? Like, those are your main concerns when you're in college. Now, right. I woke up this one day in my senior year, and I'm like, when this ends, like, when I graduate this year, like, I have to, like, go to work for the next, you know, 40 or 50 years of my life. And it was that, like, instant and that moment that I'm like, my goal is to have a job I don't hate. And uh, that was, you know, that was when I started to, like, reach out to every radio station in town and every TV station in town. And I was like, I, I'm a student. I'm a communication studies student. I want to be a broadcaster. I want to do this for a living. 
let me just come in and be a volunteer there. And that's kind of where like things got started. So, man, I've been, I've been really, really fortunate to kind of create these goals and chase after them. Uh, how long did it take to actually get it, get it going when you were trying to get in the radio and the communication? I mean, um, a lot of people probably are listening to this. They're probably the younger generation and they, they're going to college right now for communications. Um, obviously you don't give up. You just keep fighting and, and clawing your way through it. But how long did it take you to actually get going? I mean, I reached out to these radio stations and TV stations basically saying, look, here's who I am. You know, here's the, the degree I'm going to have when this year is over. I just want to come in and see how you guys do things in the real world. Like, I just want to come in and be a volunteer. And uh, I, I heard back, I didn't hear back from a lot of places, but I heard back from one radio station. They were like, yeah, you can join our street team and like hand out stickers at our next event. And I'm like, yes, perfect. Like, this is exactly what I want. I want to be there in the real world. And I think for anybody that's listening to this, you know, whether it's broadcasting or it's anything else that you want to do, like, don't take no for an answer. Like, there's always a way to make this happen. There's always a, a way to find your way into it. And I think there's too many people that highly value their time way too much when you're in college. Your time's not worth anything when you're, when you're 18, 19, 20 years old versus the experience that you'll gain. So I'm not saying your time's not worth anything. Your time's obviously worth something. But in exchange for the, um, you know, what you get back from – I went, to, I went to a lot of live TV tapings just to kind of, you know, be there in the real world and see how it was done. Right. And those were like invaluable experiences. So I think that there's a path to get to, you know, anywhere that you want to get to. Um, and if they don't write back or they tell you no, you know, maybe you could set up a time to go in and just have a tour. Like I, one place was like, we can't pick on volunteers, but you can come shadow one of our reporters for a day. And I'm like, hey, sign me up. Right. So I think there's a lot of opportunities out there that, you know, I created a lot of these for myself, but you know, the opportunities are out there for, uh, you know, for, for the taking basically. Exactly. Well, let's go ahead and uh, pay a little bills and uh, let's uh, hear a little bit from our sponsors and we'll be right back with Chris Van Vliet. Is it your dream to become a professional wrestling superstar, manager, or referee? Well, you can make that dream a reality by training with Midwest All Pro Wrestling. Learn from former WWE superstar and NXT coach Eugene Nick Dinsmore. Classes are training right now, so go to MidwestAllPro.com and click on training to enroll today. So we're back with Chris Van Vliet. So you said in one of your interviews uh, that you did on your show that you actually trained to be a professional wrestler. Um, we can you go in a little more detail on where you trained and um you know how long you were there and and what the all all you did because i know uh in a recent interview you talked about how you were a ring announcer for someone yeah so i trained um i trained in toronto at a school called the squared circle um and actually while i was there so this is 2002 uh, i believe yeah 2002 i was at the school at the same time as like Angelina Love, um, Tracy Brooks was there. They'd already trained, but they, they were like, they were fully trained and, and working, but they were there like kind of, you know, getting, I guess, just getting some extra training or whatever. So, yeah, so I was there and it was uh, in Toronto and, uh, you know, it's a, it, was a, it, it is a great school. It was a great school at that time. Uh, Michael Elgin uh, trained there like right after I left. Oh, wow. And like I was saying, it's just, you know, it's just a matter of like, it was an hour long drive each way. It's four days a week. Like, wrestling training is no joke. 
It's no oh, joke. No. And if you're going to, it, it, like, beyond the physical aspects of it, there's a real mental aspect of it. And it was $250 a month, which when you're in college is a ton of money. Oh, yeah. So, Easily. Um, it, was all, it was all these factors basically like, yes, I could have kept doing this, but it would have come at the expense of me like, Maybe not graduating from college. And, you know, maybe that would have been okay if, if I had a wrestling career that really took off. But, like, to my parents, it was really important that, you know, I, I finished my education. And uh, so I trained, and I was, you know, I, I can bump. I can do, you know, the maybe the opening part of a match. I could, you know, lock up and run the ropes, and I can give someone a scoop slam and take a scoop slam, and like that kind of stuff. But my, my training beyond that uh, would be – would be very weak. I did an interview like uh, a few years ago with Christopher Daniels, and we were at a, uh, a wrestling uh, show, and it was like before the show started. And after the interview, I, we like climbed into the ring, and I'm like, "Well, let's let's do it." So I locked up with Christopher Daniels. He puts me in a headlock, and I'm like, "I don't uh, don't really don't really uh, know what to do here from here." So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. I was like, that was so cool, man, and uh, that's about all I remember, so thank you. <laughs> that, you know, Christopher Daniels is one of those individuals that I wish that, you know, would have – I mean, I know he's been in WWE. Uh, I think it was – and I could be wrong. You know more than I would. Um, I think he was on, like, kind of one of those Sunday Night Heats, kind of like one of those shows, um, kind of like how the, the Hardy Boys were. Um, yeah. But, I like, I wish he would – uh, been able to do it like you know now like where aj styles is because he's such a great performer um yeah. and his the way that he has his characters and stuff i love the fallen angel character um he's just he, he's just a, a a great individual um i thought about something no, as, he, that i was, I was just, just gonna say he, he is daniels is a great guy I, you know, i've uh i've worked with him and AEW, and he's he's actually a coach behind the scenes as well as you know being part of SCU. So you're right. I think it, it sucks that he wasn't in WWE. I think that it got to a point where WWE wasn't hiring anybody, you know, up until five-ish years ago. That right. his age began with a three, and uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, Daniels is. I think Daniels just turned fifty. I mean, he looks amazing. Like that guy found the fountain of youth or something. Incredible. But he's in, he's in a great position now. You know, um, as one of the Coaches for AEW, still able to work in the ring. And, I mean, in my opinion, he's one of the best to ever step foot inside of Squared Circle. Oh, yeah. He's so incredibly talented. And everybody that he works with looks better because they're in the ring with Christopher Daniels. Yeah, every match that I've seen with him and uh, Frankie and, you know, Scorpio Sky uh, is just it's just the, the talent. It's just oozing of talent. It's just 100% all three of them, and especially with, with Daniels. Um, so you, you get to fast forward to this later on, you get your podcast going, you, you know, you do all these interviews and you, you getting these uh, stars and stuff. Has it ever changed with you on how, um, you feel when you, you start the interviews? Because like, you know, with me, like, you know, interviewing you, I had those bugs. I got nervous a little bit. Do you still get nervous or is it kind of like, you know, normal like now at this point? I don't know if I ever really not that nervous like i had a real understanding like early on in my career that like this is just another human being uh, it's another human being who's you know extremely talented and has chased after their goals and achieved them but like at the end of the day we're all just people you know and i think that we can we all have something to learn from one another and uh 
I think the only times I've gotten nervous recently is when I know that there's like a lot hanging in the balance. Like I interviewed the rock, I guess that would have been like six ish months ago. And I just know that when I'm going to do an interview with the rock, like, you know, there's a lot riding on. I know a lot of people would end up seeing it. You know, the rock meant so much to me. He's my favorite wrestler when I was growing up. Like there's all of that. But at the end of the day, when when I sit down with him, it's like, I'm just talking to another human being. So right. I think my approach, my approach is, you know, if, if there was some nerves earlier on, or, you know, I think, I think one of the biggest mistakes I made early on is not being present in the moment and not being able to like appreciate it for the conversation that it is. And instead I was looking at it as like, all right, the next question that I planned out is this next question. And I think a lot of people, you know, do this early on in their interviews. It's like, okay, I'm going to ask this question, then I'm going to ask this, this question, I'm going to ask this one after that. Instead of like, you know, if, if you and I ran into each other at the gym or the mall or something and we had a conversation, you would genuinely listen to what I'm saying and then right. you would respond in a natural manner. And I think that that was something that it sounds so obvious, but it takes like this insane amount of like diligence and training to actually apply that into, you know, an interview. Right. Um, and I think that I think that, that was a big thing for me was like being cognizant of that and being aware of that and being present in those moments to bring that to the interviews. Have you ever like sat there and done an interview, even though that it's, you know, been these many months that you've uh, since you started uh, in years? Um, have you ever sat back and just be like, God dang it, I, I shouldn't have asked that question or I should have asked this question? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially like these interviews now are going 40, 45, 50, 60 minutes. Like, you know, I'm very aware it's not going to be perfect. And uh, I just, you know, there's sometimes sometimes when I'm editing the interviews, I'll be like, oh, man, I totally forgot to ask this. Yeah. Or like, oh, man, I I could have phrased this in a better way. But, you know, I think that, uh, you know, nobody's perfect. And uh, I've I've had moments where like, this is, this is the other thing when you put it out into the world in a, in a podcast or YouTube is like, you're kind of putting it out into the world for people to enjoy and appreciate, but also for people like to openly criticize. So, uh, you know, I just, you know, you can't, I can't take that too to heart. You can't take that too seriously. You've got to put it out there, understand that it was what it was and, you know, go on to the next one. Right. Um, I was just actually going to give a shout out to, uh, Johnny Dodge, uh, he's actually the one that, and and there's several other people that started the Omaha Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in Nebraska. Uh, they actually inducted uh, um, Ted DiBiase's family into the Hall of Fame. So Ted oh, DiBiase, awesome. Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and then the the mom, um, Teddy Ted's grand, grandma, and then uh, I think it, the dad um is in there too i i he there's so many things that were involved when i was talking to donnie dutch and did a podcast with him and it's it's on the uh on the show but i just wanted to put that out there because uh that's one of those things that i did not know i did not know his mom was in, in pro wrestling i don't know if you knew that uh interviewing uh um teddy biasi uh but um so have you ever gone to any hall of fames that's why i brought that up have you ever gone to like um you know obviously maybe you've gone to the wwe but have you gone to any other hall of fames during this time of I, the show i've been to a few of the i've been to three wwe hall of fame inductions i was at uh uh i was at ultimate warrior 
you know, that year, I guess, I guess that was the same year as uh, Mr. T uh, getting kind of like, I remember his induction. So yeah, I've been to a few of them and uh, but I haven't been to any, <laughs> he like, loves his mama. That's for sure. Like that. He loves his mama. Oh man, does he ever love his mama? Yeah, what a, what a speech! And eventually they had to come out and be like, "Hey, this is going too long." <laughs> uh, I I don't know how you handled it or the crowd was. I mean, I watched it, uh, but like we were sitting there with my uh, my son and then a friend of ours, and I, we were just kind of like, my son even said like, um, "Dad, is is he supposed to take this long?" And I'm like, "I have no idea, man. I have no idea what's going on. This doesn't <laughs> seem norm." So I can only imagine. But what's, what's crazy about it is like their speeches are written now by right. Like, oh, okay. You know, that happens in, w, in WWE programming is you know, it's everything scripted. Everything scripted, like with a legitimate actual script, which I think the big thing people don't really realize with WWE, like an actual like word for word script. Here's your promo. Here's, you know, if you're an interviewer, here's the question you're going to ask. Right. Um, so same thing with the Hall of Fame. Like they go out there with an actual like script of what they're, speech is going to be so i don't know i don't know how it ends up going that long uh did you go to that one that they just had recently with the uh, we're not proud of the individual from the midwest but with bret hart were you there on that that one i was in new york for but i didn't go to the hall of fame um but yeah, that was uh, yeah, what an incident. Yeah, that that was uh, it actually broke over here on the end of who the individual was because somebody that I know from a promotion um, down in uh, Magnum Pro Wrestling um, in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, and then we have now this is wrestling down there. Uh, some of the fans of those uh, already knew who he was. And so it was just like, we were just shaking our heads. We were sick to our stomachs. We we're like, why? But oh, he's, he's, you know, yeah. not to give him any, I'm not going to say his name or give him any more attention, but yeah, just to put it out there, we're not proud of that. Cause that's not how people from the Midwest act at all. Uh, especially, Good. you know, well, I, no, that's, it was just on call I, for. Well, I now live in the Midwest again. And uh, I can tell you that uh, the Midwest people are fine people. Yes. Uh, not people who would run in and try to tackle Bret Hart. Right. Especially wearing a, uh, um, a Jamaican hat. Um, <laughs> That's right. Watch too That's many right. uh, Simpsons episodes, I, I, I guess. <laughs> I like, yeah, you're right. Um, so a question for you here. Uh, you know, it, it's not normal to ask these questions, but I like to not be normal and I like to kind of, you know, be raw and uncut and, and real. Uh, do you have hey, any, like a, any favorite food dishes that, that you like what, out of your favorite, out of your life that you've always had out of all these travels, uh, anywhere that you've gone, is there one favorite food dish that you like? I am a absolute nut for chicken wings. I'm, uh, I, I might even consider myself a bit of a chicken wing connoisseur. So, uh, chicken wings, like chicken wings and, and pizza are like my kryptonite. If, I, right if that's on a menu, I don't care. I don't care what restaurant we're at. Uh, I will order the chicken wings. Or uh, if I'm in a new city, I will seek out where the best chicken wings are in that city. Um, I like a deep fried and a breaded. Um, and grilled is good too. Sometimes deep fried and grilled. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that. Um, and I'm like a barbecue hot. Uh, that, that's my that's my go to usually. Uh, have you ever tried wings smoked? I have, and I just think that, and they're okay, but they're, I'm, I'm like grilled or deep fried or like, like I, I hate to, I hate to sound like cliche, but Hooters wings are really good. 
like their bread and wings. Yes. Are like the, and like I, I'm just as blown away as you are that there's good food at Hooters. I mean, right. You know, you think um, for the only <laughs> obvious reasons why you know people go there, but no, the food's actually actually good there. Uh, I mean, yeah, like reading play, like like reading Playboy magazine for the articles. You know? Right. You know. <laughs> yeah, the articles are just great. Even the cartoons, you know, a little bit sometimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Imagine a world. Where boring DJs play the same 40 songs over and over. Another deep cut by Aerosmith. Walk this way on Boring 102.7. Where radio stations play 16 minutes of commercials every hour. (laughs) This is Gary from Gary Chevrolet. And I'm Carrie from Jerry Chevrolet. Where the request line just rings. And rings and rings and rings. That would suck. Radio doesn't have to suck. The only live local rock and roll radio show anywhere in the Sioux Empire. Actually playing music in the morning and the music you want to hear. Your requests at 605-215-5272. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Tune in at KBackRadio.com, on Apple Music, or on your Alexa or Google Home-enabled device. Also on the Live 365 and TuneIn mobile radio apps. KBackRadio.com. This isn't some corporate VP of programming's rock. This is our rock. I'd like to give a huge shout out to Chris Van Bleet for coming on the show. Find him on the Chris Van Bleet show on all your favorite podcast platforms and also on YouTube. Do the same for us. Like, share, subscribe. We're on all your favorite podcast platforms. We're on YouTube at the Coda I Radio Network podcast. It's on YouTube. Find it. Like I said, like, share, uh, follow us on all of our platforms Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Find us there, Kodai Radio Network. Our other shows affiliated with the podcast is Uncut Live and Pro Wrestling uh, Uncut. Um, a huge, huge shout out to Bear Within Us for their hit song, Baker, which you can find on iTunes and Spotify today. Go and like their page on Facebook. Go to iTunes and Spotify, download their song, support them who support us. Man, you know, this episode wouldn't have been possible without Remedy Brewing Company, Midwest All Pro Wrestling, Jekyll and Hyde Barbecue, and the power of us all, KBAC.Rocks. Their rock radio the way rock radio should be. Go to all their Facebook pages and tell them, DJ Barbecue sent you, or like they all know me as, aka Fluffy or El Fluffo. Thanks once again, everybody. I appreciate your support. Keep it up. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm out. I gotta go get some food because that's what fat guys do. Everybody, enjoy. Have a safe trip home. Peace.